0: Cassette number two, number two from the Wedding on God held in Indianapolis, Indiana, December 1975. This cassette is devoted to a message entitled, The Cross and Inner Denial, preached by Reverend Lauren Helm on Saturday afternoon, December 27. So thankful to God for his presence, for well, the guidance and the witness of the Holy Spirit, the revelation of Jesus' love. Praise God. Also oh, so precious. We weren't the one that missed it. Oh, it's so beyond words to tell. We can't from very versed. Then we go out to try to tell someone how we get blessed. You're just not able to say it. At least I'm not able to find the words of the vocabulary It's too limited. You know, one day we were at the uh, Royal McFails, in what the Gospel in Kisapis, Michigan. The word to, to me that my wife was supposed to sing. A song. It wasn't a solo, it was kind of a duet or a quartet. And she said, well, it'd be rather difficult to sing. I said, but Jesus tells me to sing that. So she said, all right. So she started singing it, and God started blessing. And it wasn't long until the pastor's mother to shouted go on the and the blessing. And she, see, i you, she shouted both sides back there the back of the church and, Jade not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, she was trying to sing a quartet number was a solo and a duet. And God blessed her whether it was a quartet number or not. Hallelujah. Now it wasn't a solo, but God helped her to do it. And the Lord blessed, and the Lord really blesses. Amen. That's so precious to remember. But we can so easily forget. We want to work at this remembering because Israel forgot so, so much. Can a maid forget her ornaments for a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Jeremiah 2.32 It's easy for us to forget spiritual things. Satan you'll take out of your mind before you get out that front door. In 30 seconds you'll try to take from your mind any one way that he wrote here this morning. Because if you go near the first hour this morning, it would take God to help you remember the fourth hour how he worked the first hour. Or he would get away from you. And that's the it is today. This afternoon, Satan would take from us the powers of the air, the beauty of the wonder, the sweetness of the holiness, the glory of the work of the kingdom of God in the entire life in our lives together. Try to sweep it away. So we must hold fast to see the food for which we're able to quench all the fire that the it. So we might possess it forever. He it is it as yours. But with, we must be fortified. We must maintain our fortification. Or the powers of this world will rob you and cheat you from that which is yours. For there's something wonderful waiting for you. As you obey Him. As He said, and as you've heard, I have not seen nor heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. It's not the only image heart. have. We haven't seen it, we haven't heard it, we haven't thought about it. All these wonderful things that's just maybe minutes ahead of us. Hours, days, weeks, months, years, seconds. If we're only for to obey Him. He said, prepared for those that love him. Huh? Who are those that love him? I've heard people get up and say, I oh, love the Lord. Yeah, people say they love the Lord. But the real test of love, what speaks about who really loves the Lord, is when that individual obeys always, what God says by continual, consistent, living and obedient life and with God in Christ tells about not to love because you always obey him in proportion to love. When you're really loving, you don't want to disappoint him. So therefore, that demands self-denial. That requires it. This is an absolute. This is positive. It's that which you can depend upon. That by pressing to the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God, there must be a continual dying, slaying, surrender, submissiveness, giving over, leaving all, yet possessing all. So obeying and possessing a cross with spiritual hands, one hand self-denial, the other obedience the only two hands that can get a hold of this cross jesus said without it you cannot be my disciple the cross cannot be possessed or held and embraced with our knowledge with our education with our abilities our potential they, they all work wonders when it's surrendered to god i assure you but only as self is denied and we obey what god says can the cross be embraced and held all other hands, it slips. It can't hold on to it. It cannot be nailed to it. And always, when self is finally nailed to this cross, self is in every way making an endeavor to come from it and get back on the heart to have the preeminence and to instigate and to make some plans. Self wants to leave the cross, come back into the heart, and put Jesus out of the cross, place him back on there. Take Jesus out of the putting put him back on the cross. So that's what we do. Unless Jesus Christ did first, we are self, you see, on the throne room and Christ on the cross. But we must take the cross if we're going to follow. It's impossible to take one step after Christ. We cannot do one thing after Christ except we deny self and obey and take a cross let him take up his cross if he's going to follow me said let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me and that and follow me as always has a requisite and that requisite is self-denial Self must be denied not putting on long black robes not living out in a cave not eating bread and water and that might be required but he's talking about the inner life here the interior not the exterior He's been seeking a people everywhere that would do his will. Exactly. No more and no less. When he said to Abraham, leave your home country, leave your home, leave your house, leave your bonds, leave your family, he had to deny what Abraham liked and wanted and desired. He had to leave what he had built, what he possessed, what was near and dear to him. He had to forsake it and deny himself of all there was there to leave all to do with God. And he didn't know where he was going, and he went out not knowing whether he went. God said leave your kindred leave your family behind he didn't want one of his family he said leave your kindred behind he was to be denied but Lot would not be denied Lot asserted himself and because of self assertiveness of Lot we're paying the cost high now The descendants of Ammon and Moab the daughters of Lot of their father because he would not be denied. Lot would not deny himself. He said, Uncle Abraham, I can't do without you. I'm going with you. If Abraham was to deny himself, not to leave his kindred behind, Lot was not to go with him. He was disobedient. If he'd been obedient, you see, he'd have stayed home. And look at all the controversies we've immersed in this world. And we've missed long since and beyond. So when Jesus said, if a man's going to follow me, let him deny himself, if he will. If he's going to follow let man deny himself. And he spoke to Noah, and he revealed to him that there was a great flood coming. The people laughed into scorn. They said, Well, this old folk the idea. It never has rained, and he thinks it's going to be a shower. A great rain's coming. And going to flood this earth. It's going to cover the place. We're all going to be destroyed. And he they said it can't be, but Noah said, Yes, God said so, so I believe it. And I want to serve notice on you that immediately Noah denied himself, put his plans aside, all the things he was doing and going to do, all went on a shelf forever. He never did them again. He laid them aside and started building an ark. And he became a preacher of righteousness and he preached for 80 to 120 years and became a living example of inner denial. He denied of all he wanted, of all he desired and became a beautiful illustration of a mighty example of inner denial doing what God had said and what he had revealed. Laid lady's plans aside, no longer was he going to instigate and manipulate and work how to work through. But from now on, he's going to build an old ark, just an old ark. And they all stood back and said, this is this is strange. I want to tell you, it took a lot of inner denial to build an ark when he was scoffed at the way he was there wasn't anybody hardly believed him. He wasn't able to persuade one man outside of his own family. And yet he was living every day a life of inner denial, carrying out the word of the Lord, what God had said, what God had revealed. He was going to believe. He did believe. But because he believed, he was a lonely man among men, but yet he was happy with God perfect and just just and perfect in his generation but it required that Noah put aside his wants his desires his likes his ambitions his plans the purpose he had always longed for aspired to and God said build an ark and become a preacher of righteousness and he started preaching and he told the peoples of his day that they were sinners when they needed to repent and the thoughts of men's hearts were only evil continually. And he had to cry out and spurn out and lift up his voice like a trumpet and tell my people the transgressions the house of Jacob are sins. And he began to tell the people that they need to flee from the wrath and need to flee from sin. And they they didn't hear him. They did not hear him. There wasn't one man outside his family that heard what he said in 80 to 120 years. You talk about an example of inner denial. Now, if he'd been tuned in self at all, he'd have given up quite a while ago. Do you know what he'd given up if he'd have been tuned in to the self-assertive life? He would have given up in two seconds, or a little less. The self-life of you and me will rob us, you see, of this glorious man of Galilee. put us aside. Self will get us sidetracked us off the way. And it's working continually to sidetrack you and me. Self in us. That's why we have to die second by second we'll find fault with somebody, we'll criticize, we'll murmur, we want this, we aspire that, we want something over here. We don't like this, we're dissatisfied. That kind of self within us will get us out of the way from the path called narrow. Jesus, if you true be that find it to final life. Jesus said, few there be that find this life. What life is it? The life walking with God in inner denial of obedience, being a servant, serving all, preferring one another. You see, it only takes just a handful of believers that will go through with God to shake the country for God. It doesn't take, it doesn't take a great army. Just takes a few, that's all for Jesus. All just a few. Doesn't take a great number. We don't need to seek for great numbers. Just seek the kingdom of God and be all for him where we are with a few. In my own heart, in your own soul. So that he has all the controls, all the preeminence, all the reigns, all the instigations, so that he is and reigns within the entire life. And he lives and he walks and you Talks to you and you listen There's so much clamor and chatter In this life that you won't Be able to hear In fact In fact you can say over and over the things Of Jesus but they can't hear you They can't hear what's said We are the mortals We don't hear spiritual things Unless Unless we're surrendered and self is Denied and we die out You only hear the pastor every Sunday morning as you've obeyed God that week. You hear the message of Jesus only as you obey the Holy Spirit. See, we only hear as we obey. Obedience opens up the ears of the soul. Obedience opens up the entire life. It opens up so Christ can have the full way so we can hear, so we can become sensitive to where the Holy Spirit operates. to sensitivity to that which is above us to work through it. So we become sensitive to the direction of the revelation of the Holy Ghost. If he speaks, we stop. It's like last night I came into this room after 11 o'clock. we have been in the other room four hours. And I came in and I started to leave and the Holy Spirit in the gift area spoke to me. God spoke to me in the inner life. And so I had to wait and wait there. Cried and I was still crying when I left here. And he was speaking to me about the things to come, about circumstances, situations. But only by God's grace will I have this again. It's the inner life, it's the inner revelation. For the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, it's like an organ. It's like a piano. It's like a typewriter. If you're committed to Jesus, if you're completely his, then he can reveal himself to you. He can tell you whether it's going well or wait just a moment. He can tell you whether you're near danger or whether things are not quite right. He can tell you now, if someone's near the kingdom and you need the whole study so that this soul can be saved. Just a few weeks ago, we were going into Utah. All five of us, the staff of RFOD FOD, made arrangements to go to a little home to have services at Salt Lake City. And we were as happy going to Salt Lake City as if we were going to the church at the open door of Los Angeles that seats about four to 5,000 people. Oh, we were thrilled. We were going to a little front room where you get about 20 people. On the hall or the little stairway, maybe in the kitchen, get a few more. You could grab 20 in there or a little more but we went delighted, thrilled. Son James went here in Indianapolis, the airport where Cook and went up there to get our boarding passes, had all the tickets, and uh, they talked to him and he said there's five of us, and they said, Well, you will load on this plane first. Never happened to us before. They said, You will load first on this plane. I think he is surprised and I was. Uh, we didn't know this until that moment. So when the plane came in from probably Louisville or Memphis or some city in the south, going to Chicago, we were the first one privileged to know it, and we felt very unworthy about that. We got on the plane, and I like to sit by the window where I can look out at this earth. Now I am—I know when I'm looking, like we're coming from Puerto Rico a while back, just a few weeks ago, I was looking, looking. I know they all said that poor fellow—he's never been on a plane before. Oh, my. Well, look at it. He just all oh, the time. pressed next neck to the heart. <laughs> look, 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 They didn't know I'd been across the ocean. Made 20 trips across the Atlantic. Been to at the Hawaiian Islands a couple times. Been down to Puerto Rico. Been made a couple trips into Jamaica and out to Bermuda. Been across into Texas. Been to Oregon. Various places across the United States. Oh, the Lord knows how many hundreds, thousands of miles. We've gone here and there. But I like to sit for the window. I like to look. I like to see the rivers, I like to see the fields, I like to look at the mountains. I like to look at homes, I like to look at the roads. I like to see where they're formed. I like to see the contour of the land. I like to see the sky in the blue. I like to see a plane coming by. I like to see the cloud, look at as we go by it. I like to see little ones that are walking down which You can hardly see them, little cars going here and there. I just never get tired of it. But when I walked in that plane, I said to my wife, I said, honey, you will be seated by the window today. I'm not sitting by the window. I'm going to sit in the middle seat. Well, she said, fine. So I sat down in the middle seat. The people began to come in. Two, five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. Souls came through there. They all passed that one seat right to me. I said, oh, Jesus is going to be seated here. I try to pray to be at the right place at the right time, doing things, the right thing to the right people. Because 43 years ago, next summer, Jesus said, I will lead you and do you with the right person at the right time, speaking the right thing to the right person at the right time. And so finally, this young woman said, may I be seated here? And we said, certainly. And so it wasn't long until I began to tell her of a way and how this wonderful way had been for these 40-some years. And how Jesus said, and she'd look at me and she'd look right above me. And she'd look at me and she'd look right up here. And then she'd look back in my eyes and then she'd look up. I don't know what she saw. But she just looked and she looked and she looked. So I just talked and talked and talked to the kingdom. And she got pretty happy, it seemed to me like, and I got very happy too. But you see, if I'd been by the window looking out at all this beautiful earth, I'd have missed her. See, if I had to sit over there, I was supposed to be seated in the middle seat. So I told her the way, we had such a wonderful time, talking to this daughter about the kingdom. She said, you know, I missed the flight into Los Angeles this morning. I couldn't get on that flight, so they delayed me and put me on this flight. And they put 35 people walked by us. And see, we were we got the seat where she was going to sit right next to her. So just as we came into O'Hare Field, she followed me to the cross and met the stranger of Galilee. You see, if I'd been by the window, I'd have missed her. You see, we had to deny ourselves of looking at all these beautiful things that we wanted to see. Just sit here in the middle and just sit there and then see a beautiful young woman and see her meet Jesus in an hour. We had to deny What we wanted To do His will Not what we wanted But what he wanted Time and again In my walk with Jesus He may tell me If I'm on a foreign land Here's where I want you Right here Stop right over here I will think We're doing certain things And just all of a sudden you will say Oh no to me Here within me Right here's where I want you Right here One time I was With Reverend McDowell In the state of Michigan and the Lord got us to the post office. And I couldn't go and couldn't go and couldn't go and I couldn't go to the post office and I tried to get to the post office and finally I got there. And when I got there, I met a man of God in that post office and I began to tell him of the kingdom I would never seen him before. And he said, if you don't stop, I'm going to shout. <laughs> I have time with him to the minute. Less than that. I wish I could think of all the places God's had me all time. Time to the second. Hospital rooms airplanes, depots. I remember one time I was at the wheel. My wife said, you can't go to Texas. And I said, well, Jesus wants me to. She said, well, you can't carry anything. I couldn't, if I were to pick up two or three pounds, I'd have pain in the rectal area. I was a very sick man, puny, pale, no strength. And yet I was going a thousand miles. I couldn't carry either bag, either luggage. I said, I'm going because he wants me to go. She says, how are you going to make it? I said, by faith and by God's grace. She says, how are you going to get this all done? I said, well, I'll just trust. Jesus will have someone to help me. Never has failed. He wants me on that train. Now, I couldn't make it very well, but by God's grace, I made it real well. See, I couldn't stay home. I I felt better in bed probably because you have pain in this area and you can't pick up anything without distress and pain. You're hurting and you don't know how much longer you're gonna make it. You don't know where you're gonna live another day or another week or month sometimes. I've been in afflictions now for 30 years, one right after the other, in the heel, in the leg, in various parts of my body. Here, here, eyes, ears, various places. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. She said, well, you're not well. I said, but I know that, honey. But God wants me on that train. I wasn't on that train five minutes till I met a minister that had been in a mental break. He had had trials and troubles, and God helped me. And he came through me and it helped to heal him. Strengthen left him out. So I've mentioned his name. There's numbers in this place that know of his brother who's very famous, who was with the Cleveland Cutter Quintet long ago. I got on that train. When I arrived in St. Louis, I had to make a change. But God had someone there to help me. I'm talking about denying what we want to do to do God's will. Abraham had to deny what he wanted. No, I had to deny what he willed to do God's will. And when they put me on the train, somebody gave me enough money to get a room where I could lie down. Because in those days, I didn't have much finance. Many times penniless. Many times. But as happy I felt like I had a thousand or a million dollars or more. More than that. I felt like I had more than a million. Yes, I mean that. would not have anything much, but felt like I had more than a million. I had the operation in my heart. And I felt like it. You see, if you knew how happy i have been in the past, you would, I'd tell you, it'd make you very happy. Just as much as today. When I was alone with God years ago, 30 years ago and better, when it looked like they were going to burn us alive in our parsonage. That's what the man, co-owner of the Firestone Company in Hartford City told Reverend Pumphrey. He said, why they're so stirred up about this pilgrim? He said, I'm afraid they might burn him alive. But oh, I was as happy as if I was in the greatest palace that ever was. The pastor in the Baptist church at Eaton said, if they felt about me like they do you I'd move out of here right away. And I said, "By my, my brother, I'm as happy as the king on the throne and I'm waiting for a wonderful thing from God. I had a marvelous time here. I'm just preaching like I am now, just loving everybody and just preaching the gospel that if we're not all for God, we're missing the way. It must be all for Jesus, completely. Steady. Steadfast who obedient, loving him, loving all men, all peoples. And in that room that I finally felt so badly, I couldn't stay in there any longer. I said, Lord, help me. I can't stay in this place. I've got to move. Did you ever feel so badly you had to move? So I pushed the door back, and there sat the old colored porter with his beautiful white coat. I said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I said, You know, I found a friend one day that led me from the darkness to a glorious light, that banished my fears, and took away my sins and da- darkness, and gave me peace and joy and gladness, and transformed me, and placed me on a rock, and gave me joy and full of glory and peace and passion understanding. I told him of the word. He said, Tell me some more. And he met him right there in a few minutes. He met the King of glory right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I had to go. I had to deny myself. I couldn't hardly make it physically, but God of heaven came upon me and the God of the Lord came down and God slept him in the kingdom of five minutes till nine. Just to illustrate that we must deny what we want to do God's will, not what we want. You don't go by your feelings, you don't go by situations, you don't go by circumstances most of this earth have gone that way ever since the fall there's been very few mortals since the fall that's actually walk with god i've been looking for them everywhere i listen in their voices i watch at their step the shape of their shoulders their heads the shape of their head sometimes speaks to me the whole of the head the held shoulders the walk the talk the movement because God wants men and women all for him, completely, not partially. He wants us all his, completely. I tell you, when I hear a voice, when I hear a voice, that voice speaks to me many times more than what's said. It tells me of the tenor of the voice. It tells me of the background. It tells me what is bundled up inside that wonderful, wonderful package of life and oh I long to find persons that will do God's will but have ever found very few in all my life that will do all that God wants them to do they'll do it to a major but to do all is God's will completely, entirely actually always under every circumstance and every test and trial do absolutely what God says and no more and no less that's what God is seeking has ever since the fall he sought it in Israel he said it in all the tribes he's still seeking men and women that will really die out to themselves but the reason people don't do it is because self won't allow it self won't permit it self's got other plans self wants a lot of this but if we're willing to deny completely and entirely then we we'll start by the grace of God in the cross and to the cross in Christ Jesus He has to take up residence in the entire life. And self is placed on that cross and we start to walk with him. But the devil and the demons and the weakness of flesh and the things around will try its best to get us out of the way. And off the path. It'll endeavor everything that is permissible to do it and yet God wants us to really walk with him. Really. A consistent, continual walk from morning to night. He says, stop to stop. I remember one night we were in prayer. James and me was in prayer downstairs, down the hallway. Got into a meeting there just praising the Lord. I was sharing with him. He got happy. I got happy. And I thought, well, we go upstairs about 20 to 1 in the morning and the Lord said, no, you're not going upstairs. please turn tape to the other side. Thank you. Say, self had to be denied to stay down there. So he just stood there with me. He probably wondered what we were doing, but he'd been with us long enough to know the Lord knew what he was doing and it takes me a while to catch up. It does. I have to wait on God to have him teach me. And so there were there just praying and calling and waiting, and all of a sudden moment, Jesus revealed to me what he had stopped me for. He told me it was for his brother Thomas, and do you know his brother Thomas? I wouldn't know him if he'd walk in this room. I saw him in this room two years ago yesterday, the day before yesterday. The only time I ever saw him, his older brother Thomas, who was born 31 years ago this March, And the Lord told me that his brother Thomas and his family, we had to get a hold of God and get a hold of God real good. And I said, he's in great trouble up there. That was about 100, close to 100 miles from us." And we pled with God to go to Thomas and his family and intervene and undertake because it was very, very severe. It was something awfully, a need, great need. And we pled and we cried and we pled and we cried to God for the deliverance of Thomas and his family, his loved ones. Because the burden was for him and his family, his loved ones but the Lord told us down to the foot of the stairs in the hallway. We had to be denying of ourselves. We couldn't go to bed. We couldn't proceed into father. We had to stay right there. I'm only sharing this with you to bring to your attention that God wants to, us to wait on him until he can teach us the check of the Spirit, the revelation of the Spirit, and what he's about to do and will do. But he can't teach us until self is denied and self is slain over and over and over and over, and over again and again and again until he can teach us the secret of the operations of the spirit Within the entire life Can you hear it? It's possible to be in the church 60 years And never get it Never get it See there has to be a continual inner death Before he teaches us how God operates To reveal his will And his word And his way to us See he wants to do this in the entire life But we must be slain And slain slain on and on and on and on and on and on and on there that, that, that's the on right there that's where it begins how many arms was that and so but God's grace have we each one come this far and we got a hold of God Jesus helped us to pray to the Father through him for Thomas and what happened son Right. And Jesus was telling us about 100 miles away, to get a hold of God and spare life. Help Thomas and his right. But self had to be denied to do it. So God wants to teach us, you see, this sermon should be preached every church, I suppose, quite frequent. Because the church, very few people in the professed church know what we're talking about. Unless God reveals it to you today, you have heard it. You could have heard this sermon or this message, in essence, not this one, but another one, or one similar to it many times and never get it in the heart. I remember Reverend Lester Alexander took a vacation a couple, three summers ago in Oregon, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, he and I have been pretty close friends now for I don't know how many years. God marvelously healed him one day when we were out here in the woods, not more than 50 miles from here and he told me his trouble without him ever telling me his wife his doctor his wife and nobody else knew anything about it but the great physician came to me and told me this before we are going to leave the place and told me where his trouble was and God went into his bosom and took that awful thing out that he had had from two to three or four months that nobody knew in the earth like no man no mortal knew it Jesus described it to me so we described it to him he came out with his wife to, Reverend, uh, to uh, Reverend Ryan's church in a revival, just as I said a couple of years ago. And he's heard me preach on self-denial how many times? And he told me that morning, he said, you know, Brother Lauren, this morning, I just began to hear a little bit in my heart on self-denial. And that was so encouraging. That was so encouraging. Isn't it wonderful? Be encouraged. Press up. Press right on. Yes, just doing God's will, not our own. That's what we want. Jesus said, if a man's going to follow me, if he is, he's going to deny himself. And that means every breath, every step, every moment of the hour. You say, Brother Helm, that's hard. No, that's dying. And dying is wonderful. You've got a poem about dying. I think uh, forgotten where it was. The more I die, the more I see. I don't know where it was. God gave you that poem. Can you remember? We're in Vienna, Austria. gave him one when we were there the 18th of July in Madrid and gave him another one the master. Would you get that one real quick and read that? It says, as we die, we see. See, the more we die, the more we see. Oh, do you mean we're, oh, we're passive. oh, we're pastor. I guess we're going to read it. I didn't know I preached that long. Well, we're 20 minutes by the meal. Oh, I thought it was about 4.10 or something like that. Oh, I'm way by. I didn't come to it right then. Isn't that a sight? I just got so lost. I forgot all about eating and the whole works. I thought it Well, I wish we had another hour, or two, three, four, five. About five to keep on this subject. About five hours. We get started. Yes. The Lord helping. It's only by God's grace we can last. He's done this one in Vienna. Yes, sir. From the cross I cry, O holy death, thy sacred life bring. O death that saves, come, and let me feel thy sting. Thy sting is bliss, O death, thy joy is mine. And life is beyond the bend as I continue dying. O blessed death, engulf me wholly, thy kiss I embrace. I welcome thee, come and take me. Oh, let me see thy face. The more that I die, the more that I can see. For self and sin lie gasping, and as they die, I am set free. Now that poem is the essence of the a foyer. It is the foyer of the message. Now, see now, we're going to stand for the closing of the service. We're 20 minutes by it. Please, I did not know it. I got so, became so happy, I thought it was about 415.